The following program was previously recorded. We regret we'll be unable to accept your phone calls, but we invite you to participate during the next live broadcast of this program. The following is a CNY Talk Radio presentation. This is Taps Para Magazine Radio. Taps Para Magazine Radio. Here are your hosts, J.V. Johnson and Aaron Sagers. And of course, along with Stacy Jones and no Aaron Sagers tonight. Aaron is off on assignment for the secret program. Assignment. Secret, super duper, double for, secret assignment. Yeah, he's looking for the Loch Ness in New York City. Well, he's heard the Loch Ness yep. is there, so yeah, Hudson River. Yep. He's the guy to do it. Yep. Our telephone number is three one five four two one nine three two five. I would like to take a moment and just uh, send our thoughts out to Dave Schrader, who was a guest yes. on this program very recently, who uh, was. Uh, in the hospital recently, and I, I, from what I understand, things are working out well yeah, for Dave. Yeah, he's doing so, well. Yep. So, yep. Uh, but just want him to know that we're yeah, thinking. Yeah, that and Andy Calder. Him. Yep, Andy yep. as well. Absolutely, where our thoughts are with those folks. Um, coming up in just a couple minutes, we've got John Zaffis, noted paranormal investigator, ghost hunter, and we're anxious to have the conversation with him. But before we start talking about ghosts, let's talk a little bit about UFOs, because we do have a report from a Jessica Gilliam that she and her husband. In January, we're driving back from her parents' house and noted a very light, bright light in the sky. The light was so bright that it was noticeably not an airplane. It had a cross shape to it. They stared at it for a while. Then they thought to grab their cell phones and take a picture. And uh, they did take a picture of this. But the thing is, the cell phones died immediately after they took this picture of this UFO, which they said uh, was odd because the cell phone had been fully charged. They also realized at the time that the radio cut out in their car, so they couldn't listen to the radio. They looked back as they drove on and saw that the uh, that the light, which they had uh, taken the uh, they had watched stationary in the sky, had actually darted vertically to the left, and then it flew a little to the side and then up into the sky until it had vanished completely. The light darted so fast it was almost as if it were a ping pong ball darting through the sky. So. They filed a report with government agencies the next day, and they tried to forget it um, because they, it frightened them so much. But uh, it's good to know that the uh, the paranormal UFO sightings are continuing. Yeah, what, what was one of the statistics, statistics I read that there have been more UFO sightings in the last five years than ever before? That There's just so many of them have been popping up. You know, I find it interesting that in, the, in a day and age where every cell phone has a camera— and in some cases, a very high-quality camera and a movie camera that uh, we should be seeing more of this evidence coming forward as people use those devices to record some of these sightings. Yeah, you know, there's been some pretty compelling evidence that people have posted just on YouTube that it kind of makes you scratch your head and go, you know, there's got to be something to this. I don't think this is just, you know, mass hysteria sightings anymore, not, not with the stuff that's been coming out. Well, one of the things Jessica says is since she and her husband saw this UFO, they've had a string of bad luck, including... She broke her leg, and she had to have a new metal ankle installed. Was there in anal her... probes? What? Was there any anal probes? <laughs> I haven't. I hope not. I haven't heard any reports of anal really probes bad. yet. That would be real bad luck. That would be. And her husband got hurt while being in the military and was discharged, and then they had two new vehicles that went into accident. I don't know. I don't know if that had anything to do with UFOs or not, but uh, we did have an opportunity not too long ago to speak to, to Travis, Travis Walton. And um, he certainly has a compelling story about alien abduction and yeah, bad luck. I just talked to him uh, a couple days ago, and I, you know, want to want to do an interview for Taps Taps Para Magazine, and I said, you know, Travis, what do you think about the 
you know, the upward statistics of all these UFO sightings. And, you know, there's been more now than ever. And he's kind of dead quiet. And he goes, I didn't know that. Hmm. Okay, Travis. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, he had such an experience, but he still doesn't keep up with it. Before we uh, join our guest, John Zaffis, after the break, I'd like to mention some uh, events coming up that you might be interested in. Um, Coming up on the uh, 22nd of, no, the 20th of May is the Crossover Paranormal Charity event in Middleton, Ohio. Um, Most of these events, if you search them online, you can get more information about them. So we'll just pass along basic information. On the 27th of May is Crypticon in Seattle. And Spooky Empires is featuring an event they called Mayhem in Orlando, Florida. That's coming up on May 27th. And then on the 28th, the uh, some of the ghost hunters, including Steve Gonzalez, Dave Tango, Amy Bruni, and John Zaffis, who's our next guest, will be at Fort Mifflin. Um, oh, Fort Mifflin's such a great place. Yeah, that's an event where you can go and investigate with those folks, uh, a place that actually sh- has uh, shown a lot of uh, activity yeah. from a paranormal perspective. Um, you can get information about that from idealeventmanage.com. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will uh, be with our guest, John Zaffis. We'll have a great discussion about his trials and tribulations in the paranormal world. And boy, he's got a list of stories that is a mile long. So we're looking forward to that conversation. You're listening to Taps Paramagazine Radio and CNY Talk Radio. Now, more Taps Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. JV, you're here along with Stacy Jones, and uh, we're getting ready to... Uh, Get John Zaffis on the program with us, which is exciting, Stacey. I mean, his resume is long and impressive. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, John John was one of the pioneers in this field. He uh, learned underneath his aunt and uncle, which are uh, in Lorraine Warren and uh, uh, Ed being John's uh, mother's, uh, I'm sorry, Ed is uh, John's mother's brother, which were they were twins. So John has been studying with Ed since he was, I think, 17, he said. And Ed was somebody that did not want him to get involved in the business. But, you know, John persisted like he does. And, you know, he learned from probably the pioneer in this field. You know, if you read anything, you know, uh, dating back to the, the, the 60s and 70s, it was Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know, they investigated the Amityville Horror House, mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they, they were the pioneers in the field, and John learned from the best. Mm-hmm. Well, we have John with us now, so let's go to the phone line. John Zaffis, welcome to the program. Hi, how's everybody? Hi, John. We're, Hi. We're doing well, and we're so grateful to have you on the program. Well, I'm glad to be on. Uh, Stacy Jones was just doing a great job of, of telling us a little bit about how you got into what you do when we're talking about paranormal investigating, ghost hunting, and all the things that are associated with that. But I don't think we could have that story told any better than having you tell it. Oh, gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Stacy knows me pretty well. But, yeah, but uh, you're lucky I said something nice about you this time. I, I, you know, I, I was just getting ready to say, wait a minute, what version did she tell you? <laughs> <laughs> no, um... You know, basically got involved with it uh, when I was 16 years old. Um, And that's when I actually, you know, had a sighting of something. And it was at the foot of my bed. It was transparent, moving back and forth. And, you know, it really made me stop and think about it. Even though, you know, growing up, uh, having paranormal investigators within the family. But, you know, the funny thing was, I, I still can remember it, you know, 37 years ago, talking to my uncle about it and everything, and he, and he had this look on his face. He goes, you didn't believe it? I said, no. Mm-hmm. I said, I didn't believe in any of this stuff. I've never experienced it, so I didn't, really didn't believe in it. And that that's what really, 
you know, sent me off getting involved with it. You know, back then, we didn't have the Internet or anything. So, you know, I would try to get as many books as I possibly could. And then I was fortunate enough that uh started working with different people and going to different locations and then eventually started doing uh investigations uh with uh my uncle ed warren you know it's it's a really real common story john that that somebody has their own experience and it just changes their perception and their understanding and their and their curiosity of of something that they just can't explain and 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 what you're what i'm hearing you say tell what i'm hearing you tell us is that changed your life yes yeah there's no doubt in my mind because at that point in time that's when i had to take a step back and once you take once you take that step back and your world gets altered, you know whether it's something traumatizing or something on a spiritual level, or it changes you and it makes you take a big look at at, at what is happening and why are these things occurring. And you know the more I started digging into it, and the more I went back into things, realizing and reading. You know, these things are recorded back, you know, thousands of years of people having paranormal experiences. That's what really started intriguing me. And then once you start talking to people, and this this was something my uncle had taught me a long time ago. He always told me, he said, you know, go towards people that have been in the paranormal field for a long time. And, you know, it didn't register at that point in time. And, you know, I would say, why? And he'd go, those are your best knowledge bases you could ever learn from. Yeah, I agree. You know, uh, one of the stories you told me about that I remember still is that uh, your Uncle Ed actually tried talking you out of this at one point, didn't he? Well, that that's when I went down the road with the demonology. Yeah. Um, he did everything. I, I mean, absolutely everything he could possibly think of to deter me from getting involved with that. And just like, you know, anybody else out there in any field, and especially, you know, Stace, you know how I am. I'm stubborn. You tell me not to do something, oh, yeah. and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Right, right. So, you know, that that's what really started, you know, and I'm like, well, why doesn't he want me to do it? You know, because I would never get any clear-cut answers. It was always uh, very cryptic things that he would throw out. So I started picking up a few books here and there, reading different things, and then when I would talk to him and everything, you know, I would bring up things, and he would just get that look on his face. But then it just reached a point, you know, after like four or five years of reading things and, you know, being able to talk to a few people on the telephone, you know, I just said to him, you know, I'm going to start getting involved with that. I says, you know, like to do it and like to work with you on it, and if not, oh, well, I'll find someone to work with. And, you know, that's when he sat me down, and it's those types of situations you just never forget. I mean, he just took me down into where his desk was and sat me down and just went into this very long speech, and he goes, you're my nephew. Once you cross that line and you start getting involved with this part of it, he said, you're never going to be able to walk away from it. He said, these things will always remember you. They will always retaliate against you. Um, I mean, he just went into so many different things. And I just remember he leaned forward and he looked at me and he said, you really want to do this? I said, yeah, I said, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And he made a remark that I, again, you know, I just remember him sitting back in his chair, folded his arms and he put this little smile on and he goes, well, he says, it's in your blood. He said, so I might as well keep it with me so I could keep an eye on you. 
and that way, you know, if anything does happen or anything, he says, I'll know how to handle my sister. Right, <laughs> right. And, and just to clarify, John, you're talking about the difference between just straight-out paranormal investigating and actually um, handling issues that are demonic in nature. Yeah, it's two different worlds. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, again, there, there's just so much confusion, uh, especially today with this. I mean, it's always been, uh, it, it's two separate ways of handling things. Um, when I investigate, if I'm dealing with human spirit and a haunting, I handle it one way. I'm dealing with something on a negative level, it's handled totally differently. Now, John, let, let's let's talk briefly about that. And, you know, you and I have been friends for 15 years now, and... Um, what do you think about the the new movement of groups, these these paranormal groups that are out trying to handle these demonic cases without having clergy's help or, you know, any kind of a support system? A, a key factor is it, it's put us into such a situation that, you know, I'm dealing with cases and, you know, people have gone in and investigated and they're telling these individuals in these homes that they have, you know, uh, devils and demons and all these different things in the home, and it's not actually a truth. You, you, with anything, whether it's the paranormal field or anything you're interested in, the key root is you have to learn, and you have to learn what you're going to get involved with, and you can't just pick up a book and you know, read something and go out and say you're a demonologist. You can't just go out and say, I'm a paranormal investigator. Right. You know, and I, I strive for this, and I talk very strongly on it today, because you have to learn what to do. You have to learn, you know, what to look for. We're dealing with families, where, you know, children and different things. You know, Psychology 101 is a very uh, basic tool that we need in our field with being able to understand, you know, what we're dealing with. Are we dealing with something that might be paranormal, or are we dealing with people that have psychological issues? Right. And a lot of times people don't dig in deep enough, especially today. You know, I, uh, many a times I'll be talking to somebody on the telephone from a paranormal group and, you know, asking the, the most basic of basic questions, and they can't answer them. Right, right. You know, I, I, I think in one way that, that the, the whole paranormal genre on, on television has created such a, a wonderful base because, you know, this has all been let out of the closet. You know, we don't have to hide the fact that we hunt ghosts or, you know, we're interested in the paranormal. We don't have to hide that anymore. Mm -hmm. But then in another area, we're really uh, damned if we don't just because of the fact of we've got people now that are getting involved in these families' lives and they're, they're not able to help. They're actually hindering. And, you know, again, um, you know, five, six years ago, if you ever said to me the paranormal was going to be anything like it is today, I would have just turned around and said, you're nuts. Well, you know, we did talk about it five or six years ago, but we never thought it would be like this. No, never in my wildest dreams did I ever feel or, you know, anticipate that we, we would be living to see what this is all about today because people aren't afraid to speak about hauntings anymore. People aren't afraid to go out there investigating anymore. People aren't afraid to, to jump into a case if it is a demonic case. They just plunge right in today. Right. You know, on one hand, it's a fantastic thing, and it's a good thing, because people are, you know, getting a, a comprehension 
of a lot of the things. But on the other hand, you know, it, it's a dangerous thing. It's a double-edged sword. Now, now a lot of people are, are saying right now that they think that there is a – uh, an uprising or, or, you know, an epidemic proportion of, of paranormal activity, including, including demons. Do you think that's true? There's definitely an increase in activity. Um, again, we're living it. Um, do I believe in the, the prophecy 2012? No. I, I don't How feel... How about the prophecy of May 21st, 2011? <laughs> well, I know. I, I mean, there, there, there's, so, <laughs> there's, there, there's so many different things, but what I what I do abide by and what I do look at is that I find it awful scary. Things that were written many, many years ago, we're living it. And we're seeing it happen. You know, I, I do understand global warming, uh, you know, from a scientific perspective, that, that's totally understandable. I also have a, a clear-cut understanding that when 2012 does come around, we, we have the planets lining up and something's going to shift. Something's going to happen, but do I feel that we're looking at something as the end of the world and it's going to be brimstone and fire? If it does happen, I don't think any of us have to worry about it because we'll all be poof. But I, I <laughs> we'll just, all be poof. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just don't foresee it that way. But like I said, I do find it awful scary that things that were written thousands of years ago are, or even hundreds of years ago, are coming to pass. We're living it. We're seeing some of the things. Right. Now, you, you did a 2020 special uh, about exorcisms a couple years ago, and the one thing that kind of struck me with that was the Catholic Church was, was actually talking about the, the rise in the exorcisms that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Catholic Church is now saying that they, they're seeing that they're having problems too? Or are they just coming to the table now? Well, it's actually both, Stacy. Um, there's always been <clears throat> this whole secretive world, you know, uh, that I paralleled into, and it was always very difficult. Um, it, everything was kept very secretive. Now, it's just not the Roman Catholics. You know, even in Judaism and, and in all of the religions, it's not something that was always brought out right into the forefront. Even to this day, there's a lot that's not discussed. But, I mean, we all, I always walk that very thin line on being able to say certain things and do th- certain things. But today the Roman Catholic Church has opened up a lot more about the things that, you know, uh, the demonologists, the, the, the clergy demonologists uh, get involved with and that uh, they bring more to the forefront on some of the problems and some of the things that people have gone through. So, you know, a, a lot more is open up, but is there a reason for it? That's the million-dollar question. Right. Are they bringing this to the forefront for a reason at this point in time? Is it, are they trying to, you know, say something and get something out there saying, hey, you know, these things do happen, they do occur? Well, we know that, but, I mean, they're bringing it more out to the forefront. But, um, you know, with the increase of, in activity, you know, whether it's human spirit or something on a negative demonic level, I've seen an increase in everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, once again, it, it kind of comes back to is it the chicken or the egg at this point? You know, we, we wonder if it's because of the upswing and the amount of people ghost hunting or is it, you know, is the veil thinning like a lot of people are saying? Well, I, I believe very strongly in the thinning of the veil. Yeah. And, uh, again, 
you know, looking at all these things and studying things and, you know, working with so many different people just, uh, you know, within the paranormal community. You know, I've always tried to keep a very open mind with everything uh, because there, there's so much we don't understand. And when you look at this, you know, are there different layers out there? And is something actually thinning where spirit is actually able to communicate? I'm not 100% sure. None of us are. But I don't know. We're, we're getting an awful lot today in comparison to what we used to get years ago. We're talking with John Zaffis on Taps Paramagazine Radio. John, of course, of course, noted author, paranormal investigator, and ghost hunter. John, you're going to stay with, with us through the break? I sure will, sir. Okay, we'll be back with more discussion with John Zaffis on Taps Paramagazine Radio. This is Taps Paramagazine Radio. Taps Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm JV along with Stacy Jones, and we are proud and pleased to have a special guest this hour, noted author, accomplished paranormal investigator, and ghost hunter, John Zaffis. John, welcome back to the program. Thank you. We were talking about um, you know some of the some of uh, what got you into the field and 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 some of the differences between demonic issues versus just you know straight out paranormal investigating and, and one of the things I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk about I know some of this is difficult because you've got confidentiality and 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 client relationships that you have to protect but maybe if you could share with us some of the some of the cases or some of the experiences that you've had in the course of your of your uh, career here um, that stand out in your mind. Oh gosh! I know there's a long <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 goes on and on. Um, I I would probably you know w- one of the most substantial ones is you know when you talk about true possession and you talk about possession, uh, you know the characteristics of um, such a, a such a thing is rare, and it's far and few in between. Uh, the majority of the time when we deal with people, it's usually when they're already at the oppression state, then they would go into possession. But like I said, they're far and few in, in between, and I've worked on like maybe 90 cases of true possession. And one of those would be the story of Pat Reading, where she ended up having to endure 16 exorcisms. Now, with, with, with the characteristics of uh, true possession, you know, a lot of times these individuals will, you know, gain an enormous amount of strength. They might start talking in voices that we don't understand, and sometimes you're lucky if you can, you know, get some knowledge on what they're talking about. Um, and, you know, the characteristics are crucial. But the most crucial thing that people have to understand is that before we go down that road, and, and we're going to start saying a person is possessed, there is psychology that has to be ruled out. Medical has to be ruled out. A lot of these different things have to be ruled out before I'm even going to say, okay, this person is probably possessed by something that's super you know, strong, negative, and is possessing a person. Yeah, well, which, which is important to kind of point out because... Um, a lot of the people that are out there, you know, doing the demonologist thing don't have that training. They just take it on as face value. They don't, you know, don't require the medical test or the psychological test. It's just, hey, you got a demon. I'm here. Well, and this is what's scary. Yeah. Um, and that these are things that 
people have to understand uh, again too, Stacy, that um, when people start doing this and they go in and they're saying, "Well, you're you're possessed," and they start doing different types of rituals and doing different prayers and things like that, they can actually invoke and open up the doors for things to actually come in. Because without even knowing me, they're doing it, right? Well, there again, um, whether they're aware of it or not, when provoking, you're still using what you know. Most people don't understand, and this throws people way out there. Is that what people don't understand is the word magic, yeah. and prayers and rituals and all these different things still fall under that category, and this it's so important to learn these things and understand these things that when people start doing this and start throwing things around and start saying religious prayers and they don't even believe in any type of religion right, right. they can actually invoke something and actually bring something in so you got to be very guarded and careful when going down that road and you start doing these different types of things you have to have a spiritual foundation I don't care what it is, you have to have that if you're going to start invoking with prayers and, you know, starting to do different things. Right, because... and, and you have to have support of clergy, which a lot of these uh, a lot of these people that are out there doing it don't. Well, no, and uh, that's another scary thing, too, because today I have more people calling me up asking me for the local exorcist telephone number. Well, I don't have every uh, exorcist on 911 dial exorcist speed on my phone. Yeah, it's 1-800-GET-OUT-DEMON. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I yeah, didn't say you just yeah. taught me something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, again, with that, it, it it's a road that you better you better think twice about. Right. And you better really give it a lot of thought. You know, uh, you and I are personal friends. You've seen what some of this stuff has done to me. Yeah. Yeah. And the different ways that it affects me, and why I react, and why I do different things. And, you know, over a course of time, you were able to understand that and comprehend the way my life is. Right. Now, but, we uh, hold on for a second, John. We got a caller. Yeah, okay, John. John, you willing to take a caller question? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go to the phone line. We've got Christy from Syracuse on the line. Christy, you're on with John Zaffis. Hi, John. I have a question for you. Um, with all the new equipment that's out nowadays, for instance, the, the Frank boxes and the Oculus, how do you think the, the new equipment compares? Um, to the basic equipment from years ago. Well, see, John, yeah, John just doesn't keep up with technology, do you, Johnny? Well, <laughs> you know, I do know more today than I did yesterday. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Good news. <laughs> um, I'm very much for it. Um, if we don't experiment and if we don't bring new equipment in, we're never going to get anywhere. Okay. Um, I believe very much in integrating the old ways of doing things and bringing the new methods in. So, there, you know, here again, everybody has to, uh, you know, or most people do understand, when I started, we didn't have anything. We had cameras and tape recorders. And, you know, we had old experimental, you know, different ways of doing different Rem things. Do you remember but, the infrared film? Sure do. Remember, I had to keep it in the fridge? Remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, with, with some of these different things, and then as technology, you know, is coming to the forefront with a lot of things like, uh, you know, the ghost box, the hack box, they, they, all the different boxes and the ovulus and some of the other pieces of equipment out there, I'm all for it. I support it. 
and I'm very much on using all these different things because if we don't experiment, we can't grow. We, we can't get answers if we don't do that. So, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, different things to me. Do, do you think we should be doing this? Do you think we should be, you know, trying the different things with communication? Yes, but we have to be guarded and we have to be cautious, just like in any other types of experiments. You know, if things are, you know, getting heavy duty and they're getting really whacked out and it's affecting people and everything, use your common sense. Something's wrong. It's affecting a person you know, that is probably sensitive or different things are happening. But I'm very much in support of, of uh, all the new equipment that's out there. I experiment uh, with a lot of the different equipment out there. We have to do that. Christy, thanks for the call. Excellent. John, thank you. Thank you. Hey, John, just to follow up on that, is, has anything been introduced? And it seems like these, these new devices and new techniques are coming fast and furiously now. Um, but has anything in the last couple of years come out that has just really excited you more than, you know, the run-of-the-mill stuff? You're going to laugh. The ghost box. Really? Yeah. Or the hack shack box, whatever you want to yeah, call shack it. shack hack has been amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, here, here again... You know, with all this, you know, when all this was occurring and all these different things were happening and watching it and seeing different people using things and everything, you know, I get the, uh, the biggest interest out of it because some of the things that come through it, you know, again, I can't answer how it's all actually happening. We got tons of theory, and that, that's what we base our work on. So, you know, again... It's one of those pieces of equipment that, you know, I just, I'm, I'm very intrigued with it. And, you know, it's something I, I find very interesting. I mean, the other thing, too, you know, is the, the surveillance, uh, setting up the different cameras and just being, I mean, it's not brand new, but mm -hmm. just being able to sit in front of a monitor and be able to look at several different areas, I, I get the biggest kick out of it. Don't get me wrong. I ain't sitting in front of it for no four or five hours. I ain't doing <laughs> and you're not going to review it for four or five hours either. Yeah. No. You know, but um, those are things that, you know, I really, really get, you know, intrigued with. Just so uh, we're just kind of looking at each other a little uh, just to make sure, because a lot of people listening to the program are not necessarily as familiar with the things we're talking about. Just explain what the what this Frank's box, the, the, the Shack, Shack Hack, Hack is. Yeah. Well, the Shack Hack is um, a little AM FM radio, and they go, they go inside and they pull a pin. And what ends up happening is that it keeps cycling, and it just keeps going through, and it keeps going through. It picks up different radio stations, but... You know, the craziest thing is occasionally in between it, a lot of times a spirit voice will come through. Now, I do not give it 100% credibility. I don't give any piece of equipment 100%, uh, you know, credibility. But there is those times when you hear that consecutive voice that sounds the same and it just keeps repeating. And, you know, to give you some clear-cut information, you know, that could be valuable in resolving a situation or resolving, you know, an issue a person might have. Mm -hmm. So that that's what I look for when, you know, when dealing with it or actually using it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when when the the, the first box that that was a communication the Franks box came out there was a lot of controversy with that because you know, people were out there saying, "Oh my gosh, you know, we're we're having this direct communication with the dead. It's not any different than having a Ouija board." Do you remember the controversy that came out at, remember? 
still there. And, you know, it, it, it just amazes me because, you know, oh, we don't know who we're talking to. And, you know, you can't use this device. You have to use this device. And, you know, I, I found over the years since since start, starting to incorporate this into investigations is that there really hasn't been any kind of a drawback with it, that it's just been compelling. Well, uh, again, you know, I, I know a lot of people that use them, and they have a tremendous amount of negativity that comes through it. Oh, really? Uh, a, okay. Yeah, a, a lot of swearing, a lot of negative voices that come through it and everything. Stacy, as many times as I've been around that one box, I have not got one curse word that came through it yet. You know, I, I, I kind of put it the way of, you know, I think all of us at times, you know, I know I do swear like sailors, and it's not going to be any different in, in the spirit world. No. You know, that, that they're going to use words that they use when they were alive. Well, you know, again, you know, you're bringing up another very good point. You know, that's something that I changed my philosophy on over the course of years. You know, I was taught and I always looked at this as if a person got shoved, a person got scratched, <gasps> we were dealing with a demon. Right, right. You know, and you, you learn, as long as you keep an open mind with this, that I'm like, wait a minute. You know, if, if you're going to deal with spirit, a lot of these people were mean, abusive people, drunks, drug addicts, all kinds of crazy things, and they were very abusive people. Well, they're going to be like that in the spirit world also. Right. So you have to take a lot of that into consideration when people get scratched or somebody's getting pushed or there's certain things that I look at and I'll go today, you know, okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're dealing with something demonic. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, it, it you know, it... I, I think that the, the whole ghost hunting thing and, and the whole paranormal phenomenon is, is going to go through an evolution. And, you know, once again, we're dealing with theory here, but as, as time we test these theories, I think we're going to start to accept them more. With the key factor with, with a lot of our experiments and a lot of the equipment we have today and everything, we're getting tons and tons of data. But what the hell are we doing with it? Yeah, and that's another thing, too, is, you know, we're not comparing data. We're not... You know, we're not getting together as researchers and trying to figure this out. It's become we've become collectors, really. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what it comes down to is, you know, when it comes down to a lot of ego and a lot of, you know, I do it better than you do. And, you know, which is kind of ridiculous. If we're out there doing research, then what are we doing with the data? Well, I'm hoping somewhere down the road we'll have a situation where, you know, hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen where data can be pulled together. But the, the key factor, again, you know, from the scientific community, what's the key thing that we look for is repeatability. Right. And we cannot get spirit to always do things on command. We could do things and say things, and we can have activity, we can have things happen, we can get EVPs. But can we get it to repeat? No. Right. We, we can get things to happen again sometimes, but it's not where it's in, it falls into that realm from the scientific perspective, that we can get it to repeat, repeat, repeat. Then our scientific, you know, the uh, um, science community would look at it totally differently if we were able to do that. But it, it, right now, we just don't have that. That's why I always laugh when... You know, somebody will say to me, geez, we went in and did an investigation, but we didn't get any scientific proof. Well, yeah. Right. We're dealing with a spiritual world. We're, we're dealing with something. We're dealing with the unknown. And just because you don't walk away with any hardcore evidence, 
you know, um, an EVP, a photograph, or, you know, getting anything does not necessarily mean that an area doesn't have paranormal activity. Right. It's still paranormal. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, ta- unknown. we're talking with John Zaffis, author, noted, accomplished paranormal investigator, ghost hunter, and, of course, a good friend of, of the program. John, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'd like to talk a little bit about where folks can, uh, can run into you, maybe see your lecture, talk to you, uh, maybe pick up some of your work. We'll do okay. all that. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to Taps Paramagazine Radio on CNY Talk Radio. CNY Talk Radio. Taps Paramagazine Radio. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Taps Paramagazine Radio. I am JV along with Stacy Jones, and we continue our discussion with John Zaffis. We're very thankful to have John on the program. This is like, you know, you know a program is legitimate if John Zaffis will join you on it. Absolutely. And, and we really do appreciate you being with us, John. I'm glad to be here. John, you know, you and I cross paths frequently um, at events, and uh, I've seen I've seen your lecture. It's a fascinating presentation, and I enjoy it every time. Where can folks uh, run into you if they want to either see your lecture, talk to you, maybe um, you know, buy some of the, some of your stuff? Where, where are you going to be out and about? Well, right at this uh, point in time, I should be at Fort Mifflin uh, at the at the end of the month. Okay, um, actually, I'll be there with my buddies Steve and Tango. Mm. And that, um, that Fort uh, Mifflin, Mifflin event is a um, is an ideal event management event, and yes. information can be found at idealeventmanage.com. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who else is going to be there. I think I think Amy Bruni will be there too, if I remember correctly. The list I have says she will. It's got okay. it's got Steve, Tango, you, and Amy. Okay. Yeah. I was. I, I was just. I'm, I'm like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know there's one more person. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Fort Mifflin is a very old stomping ground for me. Stacy could even tell you that. Yep. Um, that's uh, one of my favorite places. And um, starting on uh, June 1st at 9 p.m. on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, people will be able to get to see John Zaffis uh, doing a, a weekly TV, TV show called Haunted Collectors. Now, you kind of just eased into that announcement. That's big news, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you for asking. And again, you said this is this premieres June 1st? Yes, it'll be June 1st at 9 p.m. on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. I actually follow uh, Jane Grant on, I believe it's the Pearl Harbor episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that'll be exciting. Yep. What, so, what else can you tell us about the show? Well, it's, uh, you know, uh, basically um, a little bit functioned around... One of my crazy hobbies of collecting haunted items mm-hmm. and um, just going out and investigating them. And um, my son is mentoring under me. He's, you know, in his 20s now, so Daddy finally let him poke around a little bit more. Nice. And um, one of my daughters will also uh, be joining us. And uh, Brian Cano and Beth Ezzo, uh will be definitely joining us. And... Um, Basically uh, traveling around and uh, doing different things and a um, little bit of a twist to uh, paranormal investigating and hopefully uh, people will enjoy it. John, you've been, you've been involved in the field for a long time and you've been a pioneer of the field for a long time. What were your thoughts um, as these paranormal television shows started to appear and, and as Stacy had mentioned uh, earlier, the, you know, the, the, the whole paranormal discussions went from the closet or the back of the room to the di- dining room table. I mean, uh, how did that affect you and how you, how you see all this? 
wow, you got another two hours? No, we actually have about two minutes. <laughs> um, um, it, again, it, it's like with anything else that, that, that we deal with, and I've always said this, it's a double-edged sword. It's opened it up. It's brought so much to the forefront with uh, uh, the paranormal on how, you know, so many different people have different techniques on doing things and viewing things and how they go about, you know, investigating and everything. So, you know, it, like I said, it, it's really opened up everything as far as the way people view so much. You know, people have a better understanding of a lot of things. Yeah, I because, agree with that. I agree yes. with that 100%. I mean, you know, I lecture at, at a lot of campuses and universities. Uh, Stacy does also. And some of the things that, you know, these college students bring up and they talk about just totally takes me back. You know what? And I, I got to go a step further and, and bring that back to ghost hunters is 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 the reason because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you have to give credit where credit's due because if it wasn't for ghost hunters, we'd still be in the closet talking about this. Well, they, they, well, they broke they broke the doors open. Right. That, Absolutely. That's how I always described it. Yep. You know, and here again, um, with that, then you had several other shows come up and, you know, different ways, different methods and... You know, again, you know, you, you look at it, you know, trying to get information out there. You look at it from the perspective, like I said, there, there's different ways. There, there are some that do things on the negative level. There's other shows that do things, you know, uh, from the human spirit perspective. Because, gosh, I, I don't even know how many paranormal shows there are. There's got to be at least 20, 25 of them today. I think there are, there are about that yeah. number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because uh, I know... We were sitting and we were talking in general, and um, uh, somebody had thrown out they thought there were 25 uh, between all the networks out there today. That yeah. there was 25 shows. John, we are running out of time, and I just want to thank you once again for joining us. We wish you the best of luck with your new show. We look forward to it premiering on June 1st, and we hope that you'll agree to come back someday. Absolutely, no problem, and thank you very much, and I hope... Uh, Everybody tunes in after Jane Grant. Watch the old man. You're listening to Taps <laughs> Paramagazine Radio on CNY Thank you, John. Talk Radio.